This is the Equip Podcast from Cornerstone Church of Ames, a podcast designed to help you live a gospel-fueled and faithful life wherever Jesus has called you. Well, welcome again to the Equip Podcast from Cornerstone Church. My name is Mark Vance. Good to be with you. And today I want to talk about end-of-year giving. Now, don't please don't shut the podcast off. I know this is the always popular topic, a pastor talking about financial stewardship and giving, but here's the reason why I want to approach it. One is I know churches, other organizations all across the country right now, from basically this point to the end of the financial year, is so important. For churches, the majority of churches out there, I'd say at least a quarter of their annual budget comes in one month, and that is the month of... December. And so I think on behalf of every pastor in America, I should probably say we are so grateful for everything that is given and we are also nervous. You know, I mean, that's just the reality to it is um, imagine, you know, if you're, if you're in a business and you're, you're doing sales and a quarter of your whole year comes inside of three months, you know, or three weeks, it, it does, you know, have a bit of a nerve wracking element to it. <laughs> but I think even more so, uh, though it's not just on my mind, there are questions around giving that I get from people that I just think there's some pastoral wisdom and some biblical wisdom to add that should shape the way we handle money. You know, money and generosity, it's a really important subject biblically. It's written of all over the New Testament, all over the Old Testament. And frankly, misuse of our funds can have incredible effects on us spiritually and personally. The Bible says where our treasure is, that's where our heart is going to be also. So our money directs where our heart goes. If we want to grow spiritually, we won't be able to do that without some consideration to financial stewardship. So what I want to do today is just lay down some basic biblical principles about how giving happens using Randy Al. Corn's book, The Treasure Principle. Then I'm going to make a uh, brief kind of logical and biblical argument about why I think a local church is a focal point uh, for God's plans and therefore should be a focal point of God's people's giving financially. But then honestly, I just want to brag a little bit about some of what God is doing, not in some sort of glory to Cornerstone sense, but in a why as a member of Cornerstone, not just a pastor of Cornerstone, I'm just so grateful for what God has done through the generosity of our members. And just, I don't want to brag so much about what we do as much as just the generosity that I've seen flow through people at our church and just how God has blessed that. I'm just so proud of it. I'm so grateful. And as a person who gives to support the ministry of Cornerstone Church, I just can't think of a better place to invest than to give to this local church. It's just been such a blessing for me to be able to be part of this. I I feel like I would want to be giving to Cornerstone. Man, if I could just be a member at this church, I'd dream of that one day. I'd love to just continue to give generously because it's been stewarded so faithfully. So first, practically, I want to talk about why giving is so important. Well, Randy Alcorn's little book, The Treasure Principle, I think has been so helpful. He takes Jesus's teaching in Matthew chapter 6, and he lays out kind of six foundational principles on what we do with money that helps to store up for ourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust will uh, destroy and where thieves don't break in and steal. So principle number one that Alcorn brings out is God owns everything which means I don't own my money. I am God's money managers. We are managers of the assets that God has entrusted, not given to us. 
So when people say, well, why should I give my money to the church? To be frank with you, that the whole premise of the question is wrong. It's not your money. It's God's money. So the question is not, what do you want to do with your money? The question is, what does God want you to do with his money? Because God owns everything. We are his managers, his stewards. Second principle biblically is this. My heart always goes where I put God's money. Where your treasure is, is where your heart will go. The average American says, if my heart is there, then I'll think about putting my treasure there. But that's not the biblical principle. The biblical principle worked the opposite way. It said, where my treasure is, where my money goes, my heart follows. My heart follows my money. Really, specifically, my heart follows God's money. So Alcorn tells you, watch what will happen to your heart when you reallocate your money away from spending on yourself to investing in God's kingdom. Your heart will move toward God's kingdom. Okay, third principle, heaven, not earth, is my ultimate home. We are citizens of a better country, a heavenly one, is what the author of Hebrews says. And Matthew 6 says, you're to store up treasure in that life, in that life, in that better country. So many people in America are investing tons of time planning out retirement, tons of money, laying back money, every paycheck for a retirement that will last for 20 years and thinking nothing about the life to come that will last for 20 trillion. Fourth principle, I should live not for the dot on the wall that is my life, but for the line that extends into eternity. Alcorn uses an illustration where he says the dot on the wall, our present life on earth is so tiny compared to the line that will go on it forever, which is eternity in heaven. Don't just live for this life, live for the life to come. Fifth principle from Treasure Principle is giving is the only antidote God gives us to materialism. Greed is a danger. Greed is a danger. The Bible doesn't talk about how money is the root of all evil, but it does say that the love of money is the root of all evil. And friends, if you are living in America and do not think that the billions of dollars being spent by people on advertisement to get you to buy into consumerism and materialism are not affecting your spiritual soul, you are naive at best. So how do you protect yourself as an affluent American? How do you protect yourself in the middle of, I mean, we are living, folks, in the midst of what is uncertainly the richest country in the richest time period in the history of the world. How do you protect yourself against greed, against materialism? The biblical antidote is giving. Giving is joyfully surrendering what God has entrusted to us to a greater person with a greater agenda. It dethrones me, it exalts God, and it is the the way to guard your heart. To give your resources is the best way to guard your heart. Sixth principle is this, and I think this is so important. God prospers me not to raise my standard of living, but to raise my standard of giving. This is one of the most important principles when it comes to giving. I ask people this all the time. They say, Mark, how much should I give? And we'll get into that. Should we tithe? What should we do? When it comes to giving and to generosity, your standard of giving needs to match and exceed your standard of living. So many of us, if we get a raise, we instantly spend more on ourselves. What, what I think the biblical principle is God entrusts more money so we can steward his money more generously. He doesn't prosper us to raise a standard of living, but to raise a standard of giving. 
that's the primary reason God does it. Now, it's not the only. It says in 1 Timothy 6, he gives us all good things for us to enjoy. God loves to prosper his people so that we enjoy what he gives. But listen, if you're enjoying all of it by spending all of it and giving none of it, you are not handling God's money God's way. So those kind of foundational principles from the treasure principle by Randy Alcorn, they're so helpful, they're so good, they're so biblical. And Alcorn goes on in his his other resources, Money, Possessions, and Eternity, as an incredible chapter on where your giving should be going. Because in Treasure Principle, his big point is giving matters. It's the way we reorient our heart and invest into the life to come. But the question then becomes, well, how do we give? I mean, why should I give to my local church? Shouldn't I give to missionaries? Shouldn't I give directly to poor people? Why would I just give to a church so they have to pay their bills? I mean, that seems so silly, right? I hear that from people. Alcorn gives an answer to this in his book, Money, Possessions, and Eternity, that's really good. I'll give you kind of the basic gist of it. And I think this is kind of the basic principle of this. An- the answer I'd give is to say this. I think that the local church should be the first priority of your giving, But while your priority needs to start with your local church, I don't think it necessarily needs to end there. Your local church being the first priority means they get your first gift, your best gift, your biggest gift. But it doesn't mean that you have to get your only gift. So how do we analyze that? How do we build that case? Alcorn makes the point. He says, look, if we look at the teaching of the New Testament— and we look at the pattern of the New Testament churches, whenever there was giving, they didn't just give to the mission of the church at large, to the universal body of Christ. Their gifts were given to and through the local Christian assembly, the gathering where they're present. Even when you think about how Paul goes about gathering money for his missionary endeavors, he writes to the church at Philippi, he writes to the church at Corinth, and he talks about how he'll be coming through to receive a gift they have been collecting. 1 Corinthians 16 talks about that. That means the people at Corinth were giving to the local gathering they were a part of, and then that giving went through the local gathering to other gospel needs. So there's a couple principles there. First, it means that giving goes to the local church as a priority. So Randy Alcorn in his books will make a case to say the first fruits or a tithe should be going to the local church. As a target, tithe, the word tithe literally means 10% gift. So I think the target, the goal you should have is that you establish a pattern of giving that you are tithing to your local church. Out of every paycheck, you are giving your first and your best to your local church. Now, So, to the local church. Does that mean that you only could give to your local church? Oh, I I don't think so. I mean, I think out to Salt Company, which, you know, in our local Salt Company in Ames, they raise support outside of our local church to fund the ministry. That's a wonderful ministry. I've supported that for years. But my primary giving doesn't go to Salt Company, but to my local church. I love at the end of the year, I'm going to give a gift to help support the Salt Company Conference. I want to help students get out there. I I love the chance to give to that. And if you want to give there, you can go, by the way, on Cornerstone's main website, and there's a link for you to give to the Salt Conference. I'd love to see people do that. But I'm going to give my primary end-of-year giving to my local church. So I support things other than the local church, but I don't support anything at a greater level than my local church. It gets my first and my best. But this is very important, I'll just say from a pastor end. So if I'm talking to other pastors, I'm saying, 
the giving that comes to your local church doesn't need to terminate in your local church. In other words, generosity, when we give to a local church, okay, the local church needs to become not a storehouse, meaning we store up all the giving people give to us, but the local church needs to model giving to other kingdom endeavors. So in the New Testament, Believers brought their gifts to the local church. Those were given to Paul to be stewarded to give to the needy saints who were in Jerusalem. In other words, the giving that went to Corinth didn't just spend on the needs of Corinth that went to the needs in Jerusalem. Local churches deserve our support, right? They deserve that. But local churches shouldn't be spending dollars on just building frilly monuments to our ego as local, local leaders. We should be investing in kingdom purposes. In other words, I think the best local church perspective is not that we're to be a storehouse where we're storing up more and more and more funds for the local church and its needs, but we're to be a conduit, we're a pipeline for God's generosity to be spread throughout the whole earth. That's why at Cornerstone, as a major priority, we focused not just on spending to build larger facility or to enhance our own youth ministry, but over 40%, nearly 50% of all the dollars that have come into Cornerstone in the last year have gone out. We've invested in Salt Company to be missionaries in our local campus at Iowa State. We've invested in our local Mercy, Compassion, and Justice ministries. We've given nearly a million dollars toward global missions, whether it's sending... American missionaries are, in this past year, over doubling the amount we've partnered with national church planning movements all around the globe. And we've invested in the SALT Network because we want to see churches started in every major university campus in North America. That's an example of, as a local church, the giving that comes to us needs to pass through us. And I do think, by the way, if I'm just being honest with people, that many times the reason people in America wonder about whether they should give to the local church is because local churches have not stewarded those funds well. They've seen churches just spend more and more and more to build bigger buildings, to do bigger things, not to invest in more and more and more ministry. Cornerstone, we have a beautiful building. Praise God. And praise God because the generosity of our people and their wise stewardship here over the years at Cornerstone, this building is paid off free and clear. But that didn't, that didn't happen so that we could build a bigger budget to spend more money on ourselves and what we wanted to do. We immediately took all the dollars we saved from spending on the building and gave them toward local missions, toward global missions, and toward church planting. I think that priority, when local people see the local church being generous, it makes the argument for why you give there. So think of it this way. The local church, an analogy I can give is, the local church is a giving unit. It's like putting your investment dollars into a mutual fund. They are trying to wisely steward it by looking at multiple opportunities. We have people, for instance, Eric Warren in our global missions department. He does such an incredible job of evaluating great global opportunities, trying to make sure that the best dollars go to the best places. He spends hours and hours and hours praying with missionaries and talking to missionaries Guys, I love giving dollars to Cornerstone to invest through our global ministry department because there's no way I personally could do the level of care and analysis and investment that Eric does. I love to trust it because there are experts trying to make sure those dollars are stewarded really, really well. And I think that has been an incredible blessing to me. The local church is a mutual fund. It's wisely investing in many things, and I love, frankly, I tell people, if you're investing in the stock market, 
Look, you don't have the time to understand every little uh, stock out there. It's best to give through a mutual fund. That's just wise. It's the best way to do it. But then if you have extra on top of leftover, you you have more needs, you have more opportunity to give. Well, I love not saying this. The local church, while it should be your first priority, doesn't have to be your only target of giving. I've loved to give towards Salt Company, its ministries. I have friends who help to run an orphanage in Africa. I love giving to them because where my treasure is, my heart goes there. Where God's money goes, my heart goes. So it's kept my heart connected to things that are valuable to God. And so as you come to the end of the year, while I hope you consider your local church for your first and your best gifts, I would also want you to think about what are, what, who are people that I love? Who are organizations that I love? You should intentionally think toward giving to those things. And I want to also put this uh, little idea in there. So I have, again, since my local church is my biggest priority, I make it my first gift and my best gift. And I have so benefited, by the way, from just automating that, making it automatic so that the things I prioritize happen every time. I also give monthly to some of those organizations that I love. But I think it is probably a good idea, if you have the opportunity to do so, um, to whether, I, I don't know if this is the best way to do it. What I do is just when you get paid, you go to an ATM and you just get a certain amount of cash out. Okay, and you, you can use that to spend on the needs that your kids have. Or for me, it's basically that cash that I get is there for my children to steal when they need to go to a basketball game or whatever. But what I've also tried to do over the years is just make sure that some of that that is taken out every paycheck is uh, given away to needs that I just see in the moment. You know, just give somebody a $20 handshake at Christmas time. Maybe it's just like you see somebody, God lays them on your heart. And I just try to say, whatever the money is that I have in my pocket, that's God's money to begin with. It's not my money. And so I try to make sure at least some of that goes to needs that I had no plan to give to. I I just did it because I was praying that God would lead me to people. That can be something, especially at Christmas time, especially at Christmas time, that maybe you have um, $20 you need to put in your pocket and say, God, would you just give me something that would be right in front of me that I could, I could meet a need right there in front of me right now, where I could practice the principle that it's more blessed to give than to receive? That would just be a healthy habit to remind you, this money I have in my pocket, this is God's money. And, and God wants this to go to somebody in need. You, you don't want to hold back. So in other words, by saying that the local church should receive your first and your best gifts, what I want to do is cultivate a heart that is generous in all things, all the time, that's constantly giving, that's constantly overflowing. And just a little bit um, to just brag on what God's been doing here at Cornerstone. You know, this last week, we had our members event at Cornerstone, and every year we publish a little magazine that's called Stories of Cornerstone. It's stories of God's grace, but honestly... This is stories of the results of our people's generosity. You know, inside of this Stories of Cornerstone magazine, I was able to look at stories about a back-to-school drive that Cornerstone held, where uh, Cornerstone people gave 405 folders, 340 notebooks, 626 packages of markers, 650 highlighters, 
286 packages of gloves and 115 snow pants and 317 hats, all of which went to local schools in our area. I read the story of Maggie. Our, our, one of the things we've been able to do because of the generosity of Cornerstone's people is open a, a learning center, Foundations Learning Center, that serves all sorts of people in our community. Some people who are paying a full rate, others who are single moms or people who need a little bit of help. And we've been able to serve them. And Maggie tells a story of how Foundations Learning Center helped her to get out of an abusive relationship and love her kids. What a joy to serve that family. That's what generosity does. The story of Russ and the mechanics ministry that helps to repair cars for people who are, whose vehicles are broken down. Adoption stories of how we're able to support that. Our kids' ministry. I mean, my goodness, guys. Their story of Cornerstone Youth, people who wrote their God stories of how they came to faith in Jesus while they were at the Cornerstone Youth Retreat. Well, how did they get to the youth retreat? Well, one way was that Cornerstone's people gave, in addition to their local giving to the church weekly, they gave $10,000 worth of scholarships to help kids go. I mean, that's incredible. It's just incredible, the generosity of our church, the power of what God's doing. Guys, I could go through here. I'm not even highlighting the stories of Salt Company, which is just hundreds of thousands of dollars given toward that ministry to help that go forward. Church planting, which cannot happen through the Salt Network. The biggest giving giving to the Salt Network comes through Cornerstone Church. And God has blessed that, guys. 31 Salt Company locations, 30 churches have been started all throughout the Salt Network that are reaching thousands of college students and thousands of people in communities. Because... This local church and the members of our local church have made a, a just covenant together to faithfully and generously give. As a church, our heart has been to be a multiplying church, to see the gospel multiply underneath it. But I have to be honest, what has fueled that is not just neat mission statements on the wall. What has fueled our desire to be a multiplying church is the generosity of Cornerstone's people. Cornerstone Church, many of you are going to listen to this podcast And I tell people outside our church, whenever I get the chance to talk with pastors around the country, I say, the people of Cornerstone Church are the most generous people that I've ever met. They love the local church. They love to give. And one of the great things that has happened here is collectively, as we have partnered together, God has just blessed that investment. At the end of the day, friends, I have regretted a lot of dumb stuff that I've bought in my life. I don't know if you've ever done this, but you can go through, you know, Amazon. You can go through the list of the things that you have ordered and just kind of sometimes scroll through that and ask yourself the question, am I glad I bought all that junk? Like literally, just go through and look at it and be like, I don't know about that one. I'm not sure about that one. You know, just go through. I think at the end of our life, have you ever just, just go through your closets, you know, and think, I bought this at some point in my life. How much of the stuff that is in your closet right now do you just want to literally get rid of? You think, when was the last time I even wore that? You realize you bought that at some point, which means I have a ton of things in my life that I have bought and later thought, I think I want to throw that away, you know? Tons of things in my life that I've spent money on that I've regretted. You know what I have never regretted? I've never regretted giving. It's only been a privilege. And... As a pastor at Cornerstone Church, just as a member at Cornerstone Church, I just feel, I feel privileged to give to this local church. 
to be able to see as a pastor what happens through that generosity, it is unbelievable. It's the best investment I've ever made, I, period. And what a joy to partner with the members of this church to give. And so I wanted to give this as just a some basic foundation as you think about giving at the end of the year. But mainly, if you're a member of Cornerstone Church, if I could just say one thing to you, I just want to say thanks. Thanks for seeing the priority of God's kingdom in your giving. Thanks for seeing that God owns everything, that you're just a manager of what's his. Thanks for partnering together in the work of the gospel. To God be the glory for all that he's done through your generosity. Keep it up, Cornerstone. Thanks again. And as you come to the end of the year, wherever you're at, if you're listening at a local church that's not Cornerstone Church, make your local church a priority in your giving at the end of the year. And I promise you will not regret the dollars that you have invested. You'll be storing up treasure for yourself where moth and rust don't destroy, where thieves don't break in and steal. And friends, always remember, where your treasure is, that's where your heart is going to be also.